Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Archives Guy podcast. Episode 11, The Empress of India Disaster. Last time we talked about the early history of Blair and the birth of the city of Cambridge. The next two episodes I'm planning on doing relate uh, together nicely as they both deal with the Grand River, which is one of the two rivers that run through the city of Cambridge along with the Speed River. In May 2021, I'm going to cover one of the most significant events in living memory, the flood of 1974. First up, though, I'm going to talk about another disaster along uh, the Grand River that not many people are familiar with, and that is the Empress of India disaster of 1878. I also might throw in um, a little special episode on uh, Queen Square as well, as uh, I've really been wanting to get that one out as well, and recently did a, a poll on Instagram, and that was one of the requests, so... Be on the lookout for that one as well. So, Moving on to the Empress of India. Rivers have always played a major role in the de- uh, development of many great cities. You look at the Tiber in Rome, the Seine in Paris, and the Thames running through London, among countless others. Rivers have always so, uh, played a critical role in the development of Cambridge and its predecessor communities of Galt, Preston, Hesper, and Blair. You can look at the, the Speed River in Preston and Hesper, for example, and the Grand in Blair and Galt. Um, the power of these rivers was harnessed by mills built by Absalon Shade and Galt, John Herb and Preston, along with Abraham Clemens and Hespler, or what became Hespler, and uh, Joseph Bowman and Blair. It's why they chose to build settlements where they did. The cores of these areas today are all located close to a river. Now, while rivers uh, contributed significantly to the economic development of the communities, um, they also allow for a great deal of recreational activities and fun. In this episode, we're going to focus on the Grand River and the area around um, the, the Park Hill Road area of Galt. Close by, you have the ancient Mariner's Club where people can go and canoe or kayak uh, along the river. Back in the 1870s, people would swim in this area as well as use small craft to navigate the waters. Now, on October the 20th, 1877, something quite different sailed along the Grand River. A large vessel designed to carry large parties of people on, uh, the, on the pond uh, above the dam. It was called, uh, or nicknamed, the Empress of India, and was owned and operated by James Montgomery and Samuel Smith, two mechanics who worked at the workshop of Cameron & Company, which would later be known as Cowan & Co., on Water Street North. The site of the factory where the Empress of India was built is now a parking lot on the river just south of Millrace Park, close to where L.A. Franks is today. According to press coverage of the, at the time of the launching of the boat, what, the launching of the boat was neatly designed. The engine is about 6 horsepower, the length of the boat is 35 feet, and the beam is 7 feet. It was to carry easily 25 to 30 persons. It is driven by two uh, side paddle wheels and is expected to run fast. And this is quotes. Uh, seats were arranged along each side of the boat with the boiler uh, set at the center. When the boat first entered the water, it was expected that it would be an important addition to life along the river. And so the Empress was launched with considerable attention. In the words of a contemporary account, the ceremony of naming the boat was performed by Mrs. Blaine, the, wealth, uh, the wife of uh, the mayor of Galt at the time, and the princes of quite a number uh, who gathered to see the launch. Uh, the stays were knocked away and it, was, and it glided gracefully into the water. 
Fire was uh, was then got up and the attempt made to run it. But owing, uh, owing to the stiffness of the engine, a little delay took place. After a few attempts, however, the difficulty was overcome and the miniature steamer plowed its way through it uh, with a number of passengers uh, up the river and back again. Owing to its light uh, um, draft, some nine inches, we believe the boat will be able to run even though the lowest uh, water up to, to the rifle range and must prove a source of great pleasure in the proper season of the of our townspeople. She will make trips to and from the rifle range to uh, uh, suit the, the passengers suit sorry suit the passengers at 15% per head commencing immediately. There wasn't any guarantee of any financial success with a venture of this nature. So in case trips along the Grand River were not profitable, the owners would back up plans uh, to the boat uh, uh, to move the boat to push on slate. As you can see, that that was uh, not really read that well by me, by uh, but it, it is like kind of written in the language of the time. So I apologize if it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, so the, the Empress had a short first season. It was, it was launched in October. The owners had hoped that the second season would be a big one. Sadly, it would end early and tragically. The Empress of India's second season began on May 20th, 1878. It was expected to be a long and incredibly busy year. The river that month that month was somewhat higher than usual due to spring rains, and the current was fairly quick as well. However, it was not fast enough to be considered a problem for the Empress's uh, stroke engine. In the words of a contemporary source, the boat, to all appearances, was perfectly safe for the business required of it. And the calamity which overtook it has come from a quarter which no one anticipated. Now, Jim Quantrell's book, A Part of Our Past, describes the tragedy that became of the Empress of India. On Wednesday, May 22, 1878, at about 7 in the evening, a party of 15 young men, including the owners, Mr. Montgomery and Mr. Smith, along with two adventurous women, assembled at the wharf above Blades, uh, Blaine's Mill. Uh, now, at the time this was written, now the River Bank Steakhouse restaurant for an evening cruise. Following completion of all necessary preparations, the boat eased away from the wharf to begin a journey which would prove to be its last. The usual procedure followed by Mr. Montgomery and Mr. Smith was to propel the boat uh, parallel to the dam and into the center of the river. The boat would then be turned north to begin its journey. This procedure was followed that evening, but when it came time to turn up the river, the rudder stuck and the boat continued its course across the river and towards the dam. As yet, there appeared no cause for alarm as Mr. Montgomery and Mr. Smith struggled to loosen the rudder. They were unsuccessful and the boat continued across the river. It was uncertain both to the crew and the observers whether the boat would be able to make it all the way across the river before encountering the dam. In any case, the ground on the west bank was steep and rocky, with no suitable place to land. In addition, there was insufficient help on hand to the west bank to assist the craft, even if it had reached the shores. Since the boat could not be steered, orders were given to reverse the engine in an attempt to return to the east bank of the river. The stern of the boat was further upstream than the bow, and it was hoped that this would allow the boat to reach safe anchorage. 
In spite of all efforts, however, the little steamer continued to be drawn toward the dam. Even as the Empress uh, neared the bank, Mr. Montgomery appeared unconcerned. It was, it was apparently felt that the boat would ground itself on the dam, and the passengers could then be taken off the steamer by rec rescuers. As the boat neared the dam, one of the passengers, Mr. George Godfrey, offered to use one of the boat hooks to help keep uh, the boat away from the dam. Mr. Montgomery declined the offer, answering in what were probably his last words, Never mind, we'll get off all right. Mr. Montgomery had miscalculated it, and it would appear that the shallow draft, uh, draft of the, uh, the boat combined with the swollen lever of the uh, level of the river to keep the uh, Empress from grounding, and the boat uh, was swept broadside over the dam. Of the 17 people on board, eight were drowned. It is thought that most of these must have been injured in the fall and probably rendered unconscious and unable to swim to safely. As the boat went over the edge, John and William Ovens jumped into the water above the dam. John was swept over the edge and was pulled from the water in an insensible condition some distance below. William managed to obtain a foothold on the edge of the dam and was able to make his way along the top of the uh, of the dam to shore in safety. Both of the young women on board survived the plunge. Miss McGill was supported in the water below the dam by Samuel Smith, co-owner of the Empress, until both were assisted to shore by fellow passenger William Begg. The other young woman, Mrs. Landreth, had escaped that was had had an escape that was termed by one observer at the time as perfectly miraculous. It was reported that Miss Landreth had the presence of mind to place her hand over her mouth when the boat went over, and after being whirled around and around and around three or four times from the surface to the bottom of the boiling cauldron below the falls, she managed to keep her head above water and floated down the river to one of the piers of the upper bridge in front, of which the water was low enough to allow her to get a footing. She held on to the pier until assistance arrived and she was taken out. It was not until then that, uh, that her strength failed her. The excitement proved too much and she swooned. Quote, the others on board who survived were James Batty, Charles Moles, and George Godfrey. The shock of the loss of so many fellow citizens in a single accident, some from prominent families, was widely felt as a gloom as, uh, as of a, a pall hang over the town. Quote, the Victoria Day celebrations were postponed until July 1st, and it was decided that a public funeral for all victims would take place at 4 on 4 p.m. on Saturday, June 1st, 1878. The last rites were held at the town hall, while thousands from the town and country surrounding, assemble, surrounding assembled to pay last uh, sad rites to those who had been so suddenly struck down. Those killed in the Empress India, uh, India disaster um Included co-owner James Montgomery, along with passengers Edward Duran, um, Andrew Jackson, John Fraser, Frederick Crane, H.J. Jaffrey, Thomas Elliott, and David Scott. Of these, only the body of Mr. Jaffrey was recovered soon after the accident. Efforts to recover the bodies of the others continued throughout the night, but it was not until noon the following Saturday that all the bodies had finally been taken back from the river. It was a tragedy of unimaginable uh, scale in the area. While the river has given much to the people of the community, it has also taken much away.
From the disaster of the Empress of India to other tragic uh, incidents along the Grand River, such as Constable Nicholson and Mark Gage uh, in the late 1990s, um, Cambridge has seen its fair, uh, fair share of tra uh, terrible events. In coming episodes, we're going to delve into probably the most famous disaster along the Grand and Speed Rivers. While there was not loss of life experience in some of the others, it is one event seared into the memories of many people living today, the flood of 1974. It wasn't the first big uh, uh, flood, but it is the most famous. So join me for that episode. I'm going to try and time it for around the release of, um, for release around uh, the anniversary, which is May 17th. Um, approaching uh, what I believe is now the 47th anniversary of the of the Great Flood of 1974. So uh, join me for that in uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, so I'm going to try and uh, put out another episode on uh, the history of Queen Square, which will include the, the square itself, um, the churches, um, docks, um, Central, and um, Trinity, along with uh, the uh, fountain, uh, the cenotaph, and uh, of course, the Queen Square Cannon. So I want to put together a little episode on that. Um, starting to get really motivated to do it again. So um, uh, thanks again, everybody, for uh, for listening. I'm really appreciating all the support lately. We're approaching 3,000 downloads of the podcast. Uh, so I'm pretty overwhelmed with how it's gone. Yep, so uh, I'm going to continue to do some uh, more uh, work on uh, some upcoming episodes. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, as always, I always request that you give the podcast uh, a follow on Facebook or Instagram. i got a couple of social media pages there, as well as uh, downloading it and following it from whatever um, podcasting source you get, whether it's um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Any like support is uh, greatly appreciated. So um, thanks again, everybody, for listening to the latest episode of the Archives Guy podcast uh, and continue the uh, journey with me as we explore our story.